On this episode of Her Wild Outdoors, Hannah Markham joins me for a conversation about not only how she started hunting, but about what she is now doing on her social media pages, uh, YouTube and Instagram. She is an unbiased, unsponsored reviewer of all things hunting, and I love her passion behind finding what truly fits, uh, but also what truly works, because those are two separate things, but they work together. So listen in to this awesome conversation and her story of her buck this year. All right, everybody, I am so excited about this episode of Her Wild Outdoors. I have a special guest here uh, today, and it's Hannah Markholm, and I... (laughs) I've been dying to have a conversation with you since I picked up on you. I can't remember how long ago it was, maybe a year. So thank you for joining me. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm pretty excited to get to talk to another woman yes. on a podcast because I yes. have never, this is my first girl, woman to woman conversation. Yeah. It's so much fun. The The conversations that I have had over the past year and a half with women, specifically women with the same passion for the outdoors that I have, man, it feeds my soul. It feeds my soul because I don't get to do that all that often. And if you're not a podcaster talking to women as often as I am, it would probably be very rare. I I feel that. I yeah. feel that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so thankful for like the Instagram like yes. hunting community because I would I I would have very few pe- women to talk to about the things that I do or problems I have and all of that. So. Yes. Yes. Now you hail from Texas, right? I do. Yes. Born and raised. Um, so I let's just in a little bit about me. Um, I am 31, born and raised in Texas. Um, I, as my like everyday job, I run, um, social media pages for a brand. I work in marketing and, um, I started hunting probably about four years ago. Awesome. So so in my late twenties, I started hunting. Well, I didn't start until early thirties. So, um, I am now working toward 41 and it has been, a great ride since I started hunting. Were you kind of always in the outdoors or were you a city girl before then? Well, um, I live outside of DFW. Like I've always lived outside of DFW. Mm-hmm. So like I had that like country kind of experience, but I have never been too far from the city. So I still get to have like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like some, so I don't want to say luxuries or anything like that, but I, um, I, I got to experience a little bit of both. And when I went to college, it was a, a probably a, a time in my life where I was a lot more like sit, I, embrace the city part more. Um, and I've noticed as I've gotten older and as I've just gotten further and further into hunting that I really prefer being on the outskirts. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people think Texas and if you're not from Texas, Texas is like its own country. Um, (laughs) it's big enough (laughs) to be its own country, um, but you have a lot of opportunity 
to not just be country or city. There's a lot of good mixture in there. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. Yeah. My brother was in El Paso for quite a little bit. And uh, I was able to go visit him. <laughs> and I probably wouldn't want to live there. No offense, El Paso people. Um, but we did get to travel a li- little bit through Texas and up into New Mexico. And uh, there are some beautiful areas there. So it's kind of crazy because depending on where you are, the terrain can be vastly different. Oh, like yeah. if you're, if you're over in East Texas, where you've got the tall pine trees, but where, where I hunt which is a, not way West, not El Paso West. Um, but it, around Abilene, the it's mesquite trees and mm-hmm. rocky and more desert kind of, kind of feel, but not nearly as much as El Paso. So yeah, you could, you can experience all kinds of, all kinds. <laughs> all kinds I mean, and then if you go south, you get the humid tropical areas. Yes, yes. Uh, You've got a little bit of everything there. So, yeah, you could have a whole country within one state. Um, (laughs) And it's just so vast to drive across. And they don't eat – people just don't get that. But you hail from Texas. You're a fellow southern girl. um, Mm -hmm. And – I don't know. I so let's see. Twenty. It's been seven years that I've been hunting and starting in my thirties. I don't know. I think I'm kind of like you. As soon as I got into it, I we lived near Nashville, and now we've moved a little bit further out near the cows and the horses and Mm -hmm. and all of that. And I'm perfectly happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Like we, we moved, um, our, well, I'm working from home currently just with the way things are. Right. Um, but both of us, um, me and my boyfriend, our commute is about an hour into the city to work and we love the commute is kind of a lot, but we would not have it any other way. And actually we're, I'm, I myself am like, we can move further now because I'm working from home. <laughs> right? It's tempting. It is so tempting. My husband's working from home. He's been working from home since March. And it took a little while to figure out. I mean, let's just be honest. It took a little while to figure out the boundaries. Um, yes. And to figure out working together but separate and and kind of work through that. And now our kids are home doing school at home. So we've just, it has kind of changed everything, but I actually wouldn't, I I don't think that I would want to go back to the way that it was. I would be perfectly fine moving further out as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, we're definitely like learning new skills, I I think is the best way to probably think about it in terms of like how to be with each other more (laughs) it's true (laughs) (laughs) and finding interesting ways to to like get our own uh time Uh but yeah I I think that looking back on it um like you know in the future when we look back on it we will appreciate the time that we were able to have with each other at least you know it is that's what I choose to think well and it has slowed us down to a point Mm -hmm. where you know, we were busy every single week, multiple times a week, and not really getting the downtime. And this has a- allowed us to get outside more. It has mm-hmm. allowed us to bond more as a family. Um, but I like 
I wouldn't trade it. It has been, um, it has had its moments. And luckily we both have, well, my husband has a job that has continued on. Mine kind of sucked for a little bit and now we're back um, to little bits here and there. It, but I still wouldn't trade it. I feel like we've grown a lot together. So that's, yes, exactly. It's a positive way to look on it. Um, mm-hmm. Now, how did you get into hunting? What triggered that or what kind of dug you into the interest of it? Yeah. So the catalyst was that um, my boyfriend started, got into hunting. And the way that he actually got into it is interesting because his dad um, has always been a hunter, um, but picked up bow hunting from his brother. So my boyfriend's uncle. Mm -hmm. Um, And he actually, four or five years ago, he has AFib. And there at that time, his health had, I don't want to say declined, but it was in a, we were in a place that we were concerned about what was going to, you know, what the yeah. future was going to look like. And so it was very important to my boyfriend to have um, something that he could spend, do, spend more time with his dad doing together as like a mutual um, hobby. And so he started off we actually both went and shot went to a gun range and shot guns and like trying to like okay do we like this and that what we did that and we were like yeah it's not really our thing and then he um went to a bow shop and like the first you know they let you test out the bows and the first time he did he just like got this look in his <laughs> on his face that was like this is awesome <laughs> and so he was like full 100% in like from the beginning and I was not um so he hunted like got in, got a got a bow started shooting his bow he would go to at that time where we were living we could only we couldn't shoot our bow in our backyard we lived in the city and so um he would go to the archery range and be there for hours just trying to like get to a point where he felt comfortable that he could like would actually hunt an animal. And so, um, he would be gone and I would be like, Oh, where are you? Are you coming home? (laughs) And that went on. And then he of course would go hunting and I would stay behind and, um, the, don't they, Oh, there's a word for it. Like a hunting widow. Isn't that what they say? Um, so I experienced that for the first year. And during that time, um, my boyfriend was always very encouraging of like, you should get a bow, you should do this. And I just was like, mm, it's not my thing. And then he wore me down. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> little um, by little. So he, cause he was very strategic of like, well, if you, you can get a bow, but you don't have to hunt, like you can just go shoot with me and it can be fun. And you know, if you, if you enjoy it, there's other things you could do. You could do, um, competition archery. Like, so just, he tried every little, every way (laughs) and it ended up working. And, and here we are today. (laughs) Smart man, smart man. Yes. Yeah. And his thing from the get go was like, cause we've come across people who, um, and I don't know how this is actually possible, but we came across this couple that shared one bow, which is terrifying because oh, you're constantly how, changing it. How do you have that? The how do you address the draw length, the draw weight? Anyway, that is like such an aside. But like his thing from the beginning was like, I'm going to get you something 
nice that's worth you know that you can actually enjoy where I think maybe um men don't always think that way they Mm -hmm. they maybe I think can sometimes have a tendency of thinking like well I'm gonna get her something maybe a little more affordable because I don't know if she's actually gonna be 100% in yes. you know what I mean yes I and do. I think that that's I think that like I often tell like I'll give that piece of advice to people as like this is kind of what worked for me because it was almost like my boyfriend invested right in me that right. he's like I trust that you're capable and that you are going to enjoy this as much as I do and that and it ended up working <laughs> yeah well it's not worth spending even a little bit of money on something that n- nobody's going to enjoy shooting mm-hmm. no i wouldn't <laughs> and uh, well and, and, you go, and you go to the concept of sharing a single bow and oh my goodness that terrifi- terrifies me i hope they never <laughs> i can't imagine because i if if my husband and i shared a bow we would either, A, I can't, the draw length for me, I'm 5'2", I was reading, you're 5'4". Like, there's mm-hmm. there's no way that our draw lengths would even come near each other, my husband and I. He's 6'2", so we're a full foot apart. And then add the draw weight. I it's craziness. It. I don't get that. <laughs> I don't either, and... <laughs> Well, and honestly, you kind of need something that you can claim to your own. That exactly. You, that you can have pride in, that you can make your own and and hold true to it. And if you're just borrowing something, um, I think that the respect and the what you put into it is not going to be 100%. Right. Yeah. Wow. I, I hope that that worked for them. That... <laughs> I'm glad you've got a bow. (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And did you go straight into just shooting and then he eased you into hunting? Yes. Yes. So I got my bow and my mindset at that time was like, okay, I'm just going to shoot because I'm tired. Like I want to spend time with my boyfriend. This is all he ever does. So I don't, I just, I'm going to be here just so we can do stuff together. Um, and then I really started to enjoy it. I, um, a lot of the women that I know, um, personally, like in person that shoot bows, they're actually a lot and in gun hunters too, women tend to be actually more, uh, precise. Yes. I, and so, um, that was true for, for us. And he was like, you really could shoot competition if you wanted to. And so I kind of had that, I was toying with that thought, um, for a while. And, um, then he, you know, hunting season came up and he was, he encouraged me to just, you know what, just come out with me. Like, just sit, you don't have to do like, you don't have to do anything, but Mm -hmm. just, I just want you to see what this is about. And so we did that a couple of times. And (laughs) another tip that I give, I'll give people is like, um, if you're sitting together <laughs> yes, <laughs> in a blind, like maybe try to like have a, have your own setup where you're sitting by yourself because I, that I was a lot, I was a lot more successful sitting by myself in terms of enjoying it because I am honestly not the best, um, at sitting still. 
<laughs> even today, <laughs> even today, I am, there are days that I have where I'm just like, you know what, it's not going to happen today because I can't stop moving. Um, and so when we would sit together, I would always get the, the look of like, oh, you need to stop moving. You need to stop t- talking. We're the opposite. <laughs> We're the opposite because he moves around in the stand. He'll, he'll move around. And I'm like, be still. Be just – or my kids will go with me after going with him. And they go, man, mama, you are so much more quiet than dad is. And – I, it's just, I mean, we're all different. Mm-hmm. We are all different and we all bring something different to the table. And some of us have challenges that we just have to meet. And I agree <laughs> yeah. with that. I was a solo hunter um, for six years and I did not hunt with anybody else until I took my kids with me. So wow. that in itself, it's kind of like living alone. You get into your own rhythm. You get into your own things that you like. And so when you're around another person, it's not like an invasion of space, but you kind of have to learn how to then work with each other versus mm-hmm. um, against each other. Yeah. So and I, we haven't sat together. He, he and I have not sat together in a couple of years. So I think it would be interesting to do it now, now that I've obviously had a lot more sits yeah. under my belt yeah. and I know, and I know that like, I know more now what to do, but that I do, I feel like I still move quite a bit. <laughs> um, I definitely have days where it's just, I, I might as well get out because I know that I, <laughs> I know that I'm like just shooting myself in the foot with like, cause I just, I, there was the, that day I just couldn't sit still. <laughs> and that's okay. That's, those are the days that the people that you're with have to realize, you know, today it might be her, but mm-hmm. another day it might be me. I remember yeah. we did go hunting on the same property once and he was in a stand somewhere over off in the distance and I was in a stand and at 7 45 in the morning he comes walking up like hey you ready to go <laughs> I went it's 7 30 in the morning like I wasn't planning on getting down until 11 it's yeah. 7 30 but now you've just come traipsing up in here and I guess it's time to go <laughs> So I think that was the moment that we both looked at each other and said, we need to completely go on different hunts. Um, And it has worked great since then. (laughs) See, Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. But that's exactly right. I think that one thing, especially things that like for new hunters, Mm -hmm. I don't think that they often realize that like however you choose to hunt, is that's okay. Like whatever works for you is what works for you. And there's nothing wrong with trying other things. Um, trying to improve skills of, you know, sitting, being able to sit still (laughs) so much better than I'm so much better than I used to be. Um, but yeah, I think that that's important. And especially for people in a marriage or relationship, like finding what works for them. And that's, Perfect, because yeah. that's what works for you. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of grace for them and yourself, because like you said, I, I don't know. I think that I have learned 
more from the mistakes that I've made on my own by myself by realizing, oh, you know, I spooked a deer. She just blew and she's gone. And that was because I did ABC. And so I don't want to do ABC anymore. And that instead of being embarrassed, instead of or frustrating somebody else, I can only blame myself and I can mm-hmm. only learn from that myself. And uh, and so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the, the couples that I've talked to that hunt out west that you almost need a partnership when you're going in distances like they are and packing out like they are. And I it's kind of a baptism by fire when you go the first time with somebody, no matter who you're going with or where you're going. It's like, a okay, this isn't just a dip your toe in the water. It's both of you cannonballing in. So it can either go really great or it can be one of those situations that you say, I love you. And I think that the best thing to do is to hunt separately. <laughs> it will That's save so, our relationship. It's so true. And you know what I like equate it to? It's almost like when you have to build furniture together. It's that kind of a it's like when you hunt together, it's almost because you need each other to do something. And mm-hmm. so if yeah, like I mean, there's absolutely gonna be um squabbles and like communication breakdowns and yeah. I, I agree with you props to those people who can do that because Mm -hmm. he and I have never done that. And it would be quite interesting to see (laughs) (laughs) what came of it. Well, and I think the more seasoned that we become as hunters, I think that we also remember and look back to when we're new and we're able to I don't know, acclimate to a situation hunting with somebody else or helping somebody else and being like, okay, I've known you for this amount of time and applying what I know of you in life outside of hunting, I know that you are going to be really great at this and I am really great at this and let's just feed to our strengths versus bringing out the negatives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you started hunting. But when you started hunting, you you also have started what I love tremendously about you is your honest reviews of a whole lot of stuff hunting. So if you go to Hannah's page, you will find multiple videos multiple try-ons of camo, usage of gear, usage of things that can be utilized in the field. And you're pretty straightforward about it because I love how you say it, you're unbiased. You are on a on a level of sponsorships and things like that it's you're just straightforward and you're kind and you're generous and all of that but you're also very straightforward so you're not going to get well this is great when it's actually not yeah so the 
and I'll tell you how it actually initially started out and over, cause I really only had my, my, this Instagram page for a little over a year, maybe about a year and a half now. Um, and it initially kind of started out as more of like plus size women's hunting gear, mm-hmm. um, because that's who I am. <laughs> I am a plus size woman and yeah. I want to wear camo when I hunt. Yeah. Um, and and that was a that was a huge challenge that I had when I first was starting out. And um, my boyfriend watched me struggle, and he was like, "You know, you're not the only one that has this problem. Exactly. Like, and and you have the my back, like in terms of my background and what I do for my job. Like, I am totally." comfortable with putting myself out there. Um, he's like, you could do this and you could help a lot of people. And I was like, at first I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Um, and then I think he put, he put the bug in my ear and I was kind of like, you know what, I, I think I could do this. And so it actually has been so beneficial for me in so many ways. It's almost like, I'm so glad that I did it. Cause it, when you step out of your comfort zone, you almost always have a rewarding experience because of it. And so, um, I, it has evolved over the year because I've met so many women who are not plus size, but follow me and watch my reviews and watch my videos on YouTube or on Instagram. And tell me, thank you so much. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm not plus size, but I'm tall or I have, you know, a bit bigger hips. I have these, I have these problems finding clothes and you just showing the way that you look in them and what you like about them has helped me pull the trigger on something I've been eyeballing for months. And so hearing those stories is so amazing. And I, I, that's a part of it that I love so much is getting to connect with other women, Mm -hmm. but also learning that like, I'm not alone and it's not just plus size women. It's all of us. Like we all have, we we're, we're stepping into a male dominated industry with very little knowledge of like where we belong, I think is probably the right way to talk, to say that, like where we belong. I mean, we absolutely belong in hunting. Anyone can hunt, but it is very intimidating. And to find a page, hopefully this is my goal. Goal of course is to, um, if they find me, then they realize that like, I'm just a normal person like you. And Mm -hmm. this is what works for me. And I'm going to tell you why, or I tried this and this doesn't work for me. And this is why, um, I think just being honest about it, because there are a lot of other women's pages out there that have, and you always find when you're, when you're new, you find the people that have the huge Instagram presence, the huge following and the majority of those women. And I'm not saying anything bad about their sponsorships. I don't have an issue with people being sponsored, but I do think that there is this connotation of like, well, they're sponsored. So is this product really good? Um, I don't know. Like there's a level of trust that maybe get taken away when they have sponsorships or when they have coupon codes or when they have ads on their page um, because they were either sent the product for free to talk about or they got it at a discount or they're even getting paid to talk about it. So I don't have any of the, I don't have any of those things. Um, And I just feel like it is 
it is valuable for me to just talk about stuff. And I am always so surprised um, that people are interested in what I think about something. Cause I'm just like, it, I'm just me. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's the part that, I mean, that is her wild outdoors to a T is the relatable woman in the outdoors. And it's not because of sponsorships. It's not because of uh, money. It's not because it, it is how can I relate to you? We do not look the same. We do not talk the same. We do not hunt the same. We do not do things exactly the same way, but we still have some of the same struggles. And And I've always been very careful to say this because men come in all shapes and sizes too, and mm-hmm. they have struggles as well in finding things that work for them. But what I have found that's different is the quality sometimes in the big box camo stores uh, that are affordable, the quality of women's, and I put that in quotations, of women's camo can be quite different than the quality of men, of the same company's men's camo. And so being able to figure that out has been something that not just me, but other women go through and their significant others notice it as well if they're Mm -hmm. paying attention. So it's huge. Quality is huge to me. I don't want to freeze when I'm out hunting. I want to have something that's truly insulated and not just a cheap knockoff of a man's camo pattern. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I, and I agree with you. Um, I, it is interesting because I'll share with you like the very first time that I was going to go like hunting, like as my first season, I got my tags. I was excited, but Hey, guess what? I needed camo, which we can kind of like, I want to make a little caveat and say, no, you do not have to have camo to hunt. You can hunt in your blue jeans if you want to. That is totally fine. Yeah. Just get out there. (laughs) If you, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But if you want camo, if if you feel like that's something that you want, I went into a big box store and the, it's always funny because the women's section is a little sliver. It is a sliver. (laughs) It's like a couple of racks. So I dug through them all looking for the biggest size because I know that that's going to, what I'm looking for and that even cuts it down that much further. You know what I mean? And I went into the dressing room and nothing fit because Mm -hmm. nothing had stretched to it. Right. Um, and women's bodies, I mean, good grief, you know, we bloat, we yes, we have all these things yes. that like, that we like, and it just, in that moment, I was devastated. I think I did cry. <laughs> well, it's a blow, not only, I mean, let's just, I don't like trying stuff on. I don't like going shopping. I don't, that is not my thing. And it is other people's thing, but it's not mine. I know what I want. I want to go in. I want to get it. And I want it to fit the first time. And that never happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a blow mentally. It's a blow emotionally. It is when they don't have what you're looking for. Um, 
And it's hard back then, like back in when I first started hunting and Mm -hmm. even before then, trying to find something in the store to try on was impossible. It had to be online. And then you get into the whole turning it back in and getting something else. And it's just demoralizing. It is because you already, like we, we just touched on it before. It's a male dominated industry. You're a little intimidated. And then you Mm -hmm. walk into a store and you see, okay, this is the men's section. And then I have this tiny little rack right here. It's, it's, it does send a message. It sends a message. It does Um, that like, okay. Um, but I will say in terms of when I went and looked at clothes five years ago to when I looked now, it is growing and that is a wonderful, amazing thing. And I, prior to like five years ago, I was wearing men's clothes and maybe a handful of women's cut just because I had, that was what I was able to find. Now it is, I have options. Like I have a lightweight set that I love. I have a midweight set that I love and I have a, a, have a late season set that I love. And I couldn't say that before. And I think that that's great. Um, I mean, this year there were stats that came out about, um, the number of like tags that were purchased and the demographics around them and women continue just to be one in the, in the top. And I think that that's amazing. And I, I, I hope that there are more women like you and I who share the realness and mm-hmm. just that people can, that women can see that like, you don't have to be anything but yourself Yep. and you're allowed to be yourself and hunt. And it's amazing. Yeah. And you're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things when I first started on, like I, I was hunting way before getting on social media hunting. But when I got on social media hunting and I was having conversations with women and, you know, when I was first trying to figure out, I wore kids clothing for a mm-hmm. long time um, because that's all we could find. And that was mainly for the length, not necessarily yes. the width, but for the length. And the one thing that we noticed going out hunting was... I would be cold and he would not be. Mm -hmm. And it was because youth and women's clothing back then was pretty much made out of the same quality of stuff. So we're starting to talk about this and I'm talking about it between women and we're having a conversation with women. And the response that I was getting back from men was... I don't want to sit back and watch a couple of women talk about camo and I'm paraphrasing there because language was not as clean as what I just said and it just kind of struck me well dude I'm talking to women about women and you didn't like it wasn't about you if you didn't want to listen to it just keep going like this isn't you don't have to partake in the conversation But we are all sitting here trying to figure out what works. And that's kind of okay. (laughs) Right. It's okay to sit back and say, hey, this stuff did not work. This stuff does work. This is in this budget and this is in this budget. And 
I needed to know that. Other people needed to know that. It's more, you know, we could have a 10-day conversation about a broadhead, but bring up women's camo and it's like, eh, that's the taboo conversation. And like, there are other things that can be taboo. We could talk about periods in the wilderness we can Mm -hmm. talk about like let's go there how uncomfortable are you going to feel then and (laughs) and I kind of had to pull back because I got defensive and I had a couple of friends that I trusted that were men who said hey you got defensive and then I was like well why can't I be defensive it was about me and and then it came to my mind what good did it do to get defensive, right? What what possible good came from an emotional response to something that, or to somebody that really didn't even have a say-so in it? And so I've kind of been able to step back and learn, okay, here is where that conversation doesn't need to go. I can just ignore that. That's not personal. They don't know me personally. I don't know them personally. It's just a conversation, whatever. And really focus on the fact that it's not just camo. It's boots. It's gear. Mm -hmm. It's bows. It's guns. It's everything. What would work for me might not work for you, but what works for you might work for, for Jill across the United States. And so let's talk about all of it because if I just stuck to what worked for me, then that's not going to help anybody. So I noticed watching some of your videos that even though you are trying on things that fit you, you are giving insight to, to how I would need to shop for it for me. Here's the inseam. This is how it can be brought up. These are the bibs that can zip out right here. Here's how this can be adjusted. If you're this shape or that shape, this is how this would work. And I think that's the magic of it. Like you were talking about somebody saying, you know, I needed that extra push to to buy something. And no, I wasn't going to buy the one exactly like yours, but you gave me insight into it, into the quality of it and into how it worked. And, and that blew me away. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Well, thank you. Yeah. That's something that I, oh, I'm just, I'm like, I always get very happy. Um, whenever I think about the things that like starting my page has actually taught me, um, because I think a lot of it is come. I never, I never want to come off as like some kind of hunting gear expert, but I do think it's a little bit easier to talk about hunting gear, like, and try to have some form of like, Hey, I know about this because I know it's my, like, I'm putting it on my body and I am an expert of my body. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, and so I, I try, I definitely do whenever I'm talking about something, I, I, I do try to think about it in terms of the other women that I've had conversations with about like, oh, well, I'm not plus size, but I always get really cold or, oh, I don't like bulky. Do you have, like, is there something? So it's like it, not even necessarily equating to body shapes and sizes, but also preferences. Mm-hmm. Um, I try, I do really try to think about all, all, all the things. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and it, yeah. And I think that you touched on something very 
unfortunate um, in the hunting industry because I have had not very many, I will say, that it's very few and far between when I get um, a man either trying to mansplain to me (laughs) (laughs) about, um, about hunting gear. Um, but I, I do sometimes get that, like where they're like, well, why didn't you just check the website or why didn't you go do this? And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, I did. They don't make it in a two XL. You can like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I know that, I know that this brand makes it a four XL for men, which is great for you. But I'm five four, and if I put on a four XL in a man's pant, it's going to it's going to be dragging behind yeah. me. Like I'm going to be sweat. Yeah, I'm going to. It's going to be leave track. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's going to be noisy. It's going to have give you the opportunity of tripping and hurting yourself, let alone scaring off anything that you're trying to sneak in on. Like there, there are. Actual applications that not just because it looks good that are going to work against you if it doesn't fit. Absolutely. And you're not going to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And how long are you actually going to be like to what you said about the quality not being there? If you are putting on something that doesn't keep you warm and you're going out in cool weather, how long are you actually, how many hours are you actually going to be able to put in? Not very many. No. And that's and, something that I've talked to men about when they've said, Hey, how can I make it easier on the woman that I'm bringing with me. And I said, you need to make sure that if you are going in cold weather, that she is warm. And you would do that for a kid. You would do that for somebody that you're mentoring. You would do that with anybody. They need to be warm in cold weather or they are A, going to want to leave early or B, never want to hunt again. And that's not your goal. And, and, it, and it's not even just warm, um, being comfortable too. having a yes. pair of pants that doesn't squeeze you uncomfortably because you are, I mean, you and I, when you and I hunt other mm-hmm. people, if you spot and stalk, obviously you're not sitting, but if you are sitting <laughs> naturally, your stomach just is out more than when you're standing Yes, and it, it can, if you, I had, a, I did this, I hunted all day opening day. And I had a pair of pants that I really like, but they are not the pair of pants I should be wearing for an extended sit because after about the seventh hour, I was like, oh my gosh, I had to unbutton my pants. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But they're, they're totally fine. If I'm doing a four hour, I don't, I, I'm not sure what, what it was, but, um, I know that now. And, and I think, being able to talk about those things with other women, or like you said, giving those tips to men who, who are going to take a woman out, like that's just going to help make their hunt more successful, help get more people into hunting. And that's as hunters, that's what we all want is we want to carry on the tradition of hunting. So, so I just, yeah, I think it's, I'm blown away by the, response that I have gotten from people. And I hope that, you know, more women share more like you and I do. (laughs) Yeah. I love the authenticity and the realness. You aren't going to get fake from me. And I think that the longer that I'm in this community, 
the easier it has been to spot those that are like me. And mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning, like you said, when you're first getting into it, um, it can be so overwhelming, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You've got to have this. You've got to have that. You've got to have this. And if you walk into a big box store, they're gonna they're gonna tell you things that you really don't need. And so, finding people that can tell you, "Hey, you need this, this, and this. You do not need this, this, and this." And safety is important. Um, like you, you need people in your circle who are going to be honest with you. And so, um, I, I continually find more and more women who just love hunting and it encourages me to keep going and it encourages me to, like you said, step outside of that comfort zone, um, step into something that's going to grow us as hunters. And it's, it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time to see how much is growing and to see all of these companies finding the need and, and the demand for good quality women's clothing and gear. Um, because it goes into we've we've touched on clothing and your boots and things like that, but talk about packs, talk about guns, talk about bows, all of that because it's all individualized. It's all based on comfort for you and what works for you. And so, um, for me to sit here and say you need this, 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 and this, oh. and this size, this size, this size, and this size is wrong. Yes. It's wrong. So I hate the question, well, what do you use? And I turn around and I ask, well, what do you need? What is, what are you finding a problem with? Because then we can find a solution because it might not be what I use. My, my list of things might actually hurt you in the long run. So, um, so anyways, I love your page. I also followed you recently through an excellent harvest. <laughs> an excellent. Do you remember me messaging you and you were like, yes. oh, my gosh, girl. <laughs> yes. And I, oh, my goodness. So, um, yeah, because you were really the first, honestly, you were the first one that I actually taught, which is so funny. You were the first one that I DM'd, like you DM'd me and had, and I had just shot that buck and I was just like, ah. I like my legs honestly were still in that shaking period yes. of like right after you do it, your adrenaline is just going. And I just yes. was like, oh my gosh, I hope it was okay. And I of course had texted my boyfriend first, mm-hmm. but I was in that, that minute of like waiting. Okay. Like, what do I do? How long should I wait? Where yeah. did I, where did I hit it? Um, and so that's so funny now that we're here (laughs) on a podcast, but, um, so my, my buck, um, my 10 point that I shot a month ago now. Yeah. I think it was, Mm -hmm. I do think it was the second, um, of November. So that's fun. Um, (laughs) um, amazing, but holy moly, did I learn from, that experience you worked for that year (laughs) because um I had not seen he was the second shooter I had seen so far this season but the first one that I actually saw was only came into 60 yards and wouldn't come all the way in Mm. 
And so that, yeah, (laughs) but you know, at that point I was actually very, I was happy that I saw a shooter because the season before that we had none. Mm, Um, so in that moment, of course I was happy, but then when, when the second one came in and was in, um, I focused a lot on my breath because I do get very, my heart just goes crazy and I'm breathing hard. I'm, I was trying to calm myself down. So that was my focus. And I, you know, got, was able to, um, draw my bow back with him, not, um, noticing, not hearing me, not even like he just was in his own world, but there were actually does that were in with him and they kept, when I would move, they would, you know, turn towards me and I was like, Oh man, okay. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull this off. Um, but he, yeah, he was like, he was, didn't care about me at all. But, um, I ended up, I did end up shooting him a little high and back than I actually thought I did. Um, I thought he was broadside to me and it turned out he was a little quarter two. Mm-hmm. And, um, now looking back on that, that absolutely is a learning. That is something for me to next time do better to really focus and really try to, I think my, I think my adrenaline was pumping so much that I just, in my mind, I had been, I had watched him for probably about 10 minutes and waiting for him to, to turn so that I could get a shot on him. And I think I had convinced myself that he was broadside. Um, I tracked him it was ended up being 600 yards. Um, and blood was good. The blood was good up until he crossed a fence and we had permission to go onto the other property from that owner. Um, when we first started hunting there and, um, then the blood stopped and I (sighs) was devastated because I was, because we, couldn't we ended up calling my boyfriend's dad and he came out he's the one that found him had to drag him all the way (laughs) out Um, and so um but oh my gosh am I so thankful that we found him and it actually was very special that his dad found the deer and um, and now he's on the wall. So it was, it was a whirlwind all day long. I think I shot him at 8.30 and we didn't get done uh, field dressing him until about two. So <laughs> it's a long, that's a, so the doe that I just got uh, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, um, I thought I had a perfect shot. And even when I approached her, I still thought I had a perfect shot and it ended up being I mean, not even inches, centimeters of a difference of being toward the shoulder and back too much. And I hit the top of the stomach. And as soon as I flipped her over, I knew it because I could smell. And Mm -hmm. it's one of those situations where you just want to kick yourself. But like you, I get that adrenaline rush during um, the shot versus after. I have it after as well. I'm just a shaking mess from the time I see a white tail. (laughs) It doesn't even have to have antlers. It can be a little baby with spots and my legs start shaking out of excitement. Um, But it's, it's one of those, I have to consciously breathe. I have to Mm -hmm. consciously almost count myself down 
uh, out loud to to get to that place. And so the feeling of, oh, crap, that I thought it was great. And it wasn't necessarily, like you said, it's a learning lesson. It's something that I will take with me. It's I'm thankful to be able to bring that deer home with me and to utilize the gift of meat that we have gotten. But you all wait like the next hunt that I go on that I have an opportunity. It will be a reminder in the back of my head. Hey, don't forget. (laughs) You need to maybe move a little bit forward on that. Shoot the shoulder if you've got a gun. Like that's those are the things that are going through my brain. And that was. That was in essence what happened. I had a gun and I was used to shooting a bow. And instead of shooting forward, I shot back right where I would have put a bow. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It just, it, it, there's always a lesson that I take with me on a hunt. But man, those tough ones, I feel like I learn a bajillion more things from. <laughs> sadly, um, from the pain of a hunt than from the joy of a hunt. Yeah, absolutely. You, you definitely take a lot more away from something that didn't go as planned Mm -hmm. than when it, like my, my very first year that I shot, um, it was like a perfect scenario, um, pass through, he went 15 yards. I, I heard him fall over and it was wonderful. Don't get me wrong. I am very happy that my very first year went that way because if it didn't, I, I can't tell you if I would still be. Right. Right. No, you always <laughs> pray for the first hard, one to be a good one. Yeah. That is a hard pill to swallow when it's not. Um, and so absolutely. I, I'm, and I, and the same as you, whenever I see a shooter, it's just like my body just <laughs> take, like it has its own mind. There's and no control. I was very much, I was very much concentrated on the, on my breathing and I don't know. And now I know to like, really try to be like, okay, but look at the deer right. <laughs> and look at what he's doing <laughs> and where he, where he's positioned in, in, in comparison to you. So yeah. Yeah. That's something I probably won't do again, but I, I, you don't know what you don't know. And you only learn lessons by making mistakes. And that's true. And there's something, it is hard. <laughs> there are some things you cannot practice. Absolutely. Honestly, there are things that you cannot practice that you get out there and you are met with them and you yourself have to lean on whatever practice that you've done in order to overcome what you have met with in the field. And, uh, and I think that that's, that shows what kind of hunter you are, not that you don't make mistakes, but that you take the mistake and grow from it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And go ahead. I'm not above telling anyone that like, when these things happen, um, I do actually like, and I'll audibly say it to my boyfriend. I'm like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it is hard. It mm-hmm. is. It's very, it's very hard, but of course, you know, you, then you let the emotion kind of 
subside a little. You, I, I almost feel like I, I always carry a little bit of it, a little bit with me, but always. Yeah. But, um, you, you give it a day, give it 24 hours, allow yourself to be upset, mad at yourself, whatever the case may be. Um, but then, yeah, you, you move on, you look back and you move forward. So that's, that's like my thought process. Yeah. I, I think that I've talked to so many people who have said that, that processing time between taking a shot and, and harvest like getting your deer or getting whatever you have harvested, that processing time does not end when you find or you don't find the deer. It almost ends at your next hunt. I would agree. I like that. Yeah. It carries through because until you get back out there, and honestly, for me, after I made a bad shot one time and lost a buck, it wasn't until I actually harvested the next time that I was able to push through and not feel the strength of the guilt that I had on my shoulders. And and I think that it, it's probably different for everybody, but it's kind of like falling off a horse and getting back on. Until you mm-hmm. get back on um, – there's always that question of, well, will I ever get back on? Will I ever do it again? Will I ever make a good shot? Will I? And it's just our minds playing with us and and processing through what had just happened. So, um, so yeah, I've always thought of it that way, that it's not just to the end of that day. It's not just it, – it actually can be until your next hunt, whenever that is. Um, so my prayer is always that the last day of the season that it's not a negative one. I always hope, even if I don't harvest, that it's not a negative one, that I can end a season strong, harvest or no harvest, with a positive day. Yeah, I think that that, I, I like that. Yeah. yeah. And But I also, I go into it with the mindset of like any day that you get to go out and be out in the woods and, is always a good day. 100%. 100%. Okay. We, I I could keep going. We, we could like, we need to meet up at some point in time and just sit back and have drinks and chit chat. But, um, tell people because your page has more than just camo. It has so many other products that you've tried and I want people to go and and follow you and be able to see some of these things because we didn't even get to the conversation about um like women being able to go to the bathroom out in the field and you've kind of (laughs) touched on that and it's an important conversation so tell people how they can follow you um both on social media and youtube yeah, so you can find my Instagram page, and I'm sorry this is long. I probably need to work on that, but it's Hannah, the plus size hunter, and each word has a period in between it. So Hannah dot e dot plus dot yes. <laughs> size dot hunter, and then on YouTube, um, I'm just Hannah Markham, and that's M A R C O M, and um, that's how people can follow me, and I hope that they do. And if anybody ever has any questions, I am 100% open to them sending me a, a message. So awesome! Thank you so much, Hannah. I appreciate it, and I hope that. 
um, those of you who are listening, I hope that you hear um, her heart and her passion behind this because truly that's, I think that's what drew me to you was your, was your openness and your heart for all of this. And, um, and so I hope all of you listening get to see that too. Well, yeah, thank you. It was, it was amazing getting to talk to you. Yeah. Just the, having that, um, it's almost women, I feel like have an understanding, like an unspoken understanding that we don't need to say anything, but we get each other. And I found that I found that with a ton of women that I've been able to connect with, um, over the internet. (laughs) I know. Thank God it has a positive, right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) All right. Y'all go follow Hannah and, um, and Hannah, thank you very much. Thank you.